Welcome to the Canny Conversations podcast, Conversations with a Cause, with social entrepreneur Safraz Ali. Saf came relatively late to entrepreneurship after working in both the public and private sectors. He coined a phrase that describes what he does as the mad entrepreneur that's make a difference entrepreneurship. As well as being the author of the Canny Bites books, Saf's business interests cover health and social care, business and corporate events, as well as him being the CEO of Pathway Group, a welfare to work and skills provider. In these podcasts, he shares his thoughts with journalist Adrian Kibler. So, let's join the conversation. Hello and welcome to Canny Conversations. These are conversations with a cause that we hope will captivate your curiosity cannily. Uh, my name is Adrian Kibler and with me is uh, the star of the show, uh, Mr. Safraz Ali. Um, Saf, um, how are things? All right, not too bad. Good to see you again. We're always talking about work and business and that, and that of course, is what, what, what it's all about. But you do something with a, with a foot young person's football club don't you what's that all about oh i do uh, two football clubs I'm, I'm, i work with one is called bysa birmingham youth sports academy and the other one is jabs junior academy of birmingham sports so both football clubs birmingham related a lot of mentoring sporting you know we're sponsoring and uh, i'm an ambassador with partners and so forth so a little bit of giving back really so, so, so does your business pathway, is it a sponsor, did you say, of that? Uh, yeah, we, spo- we sponsor both uh, clubs. Yeah. And we're also um, a partner and a, I'm a, an ambassador of one of them and, and an executive chair of the other one. Is that, aimed at, is that for young people, presumably? Is that children? or? <laughs> yeah, so there's an under-14s, you know, which we have for, uh, in both clubs, uh, there's an under-14s category, uh, girls and boys. We have then... Uh, sort of a mid-tier, and then we have slightly older children, teenagers. Uh, so uh, it's a regular thing, weekly weekly football sessions, mentoring sessions. I, I didn't think you were a football match. I'm not, I'm not actually. But I, uh, it's, a, it's a way of getting, getting the youngsters to think about goals and aspirations, and sports is generally a, a good way for people to... Uh, you know, develop the right habits and, and the right mannerisms and the right sort of skills. So it's it's uh, you know it's it's a it's a fantastic tool and enabler for development. Uh, my son Andrew, who uh, who helps us with, with with some of the work that we do, he's um, he's a Birmingham City supporter. Oh, so okay. So he's, <laughs> not, he's, he's not a football man. He doesn't know a lot of football. <laughs> football. Uh, yeah, I, I know that. When you're not, you know, doing the work with the football club and you're not doing your, your day job, you do quite a bit of writing. And I've been having a look at some of the articles that you've been doing recently um, for a, a magazine called Business Influencer, yes. which is a business publication, a fairly new one. And, and, and I've noticed, and I make no apology for saying this, uh, you, you, you do write a lot about um, talent spotting and, 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 and recruitment and and I suppose the reason for that is because it is such a massive topic, and it's a topic where you know the the, the library is full of books and advice on how to how to recruit properly. Um, but but you, I know you believe it is incredibly important, and I, I think I'm not giving away too many secrets if I if I say that you've got some plans to 
to write about recruitment. But tell me, why why is it such a big topic as far as you're concerned? I mean, for my, my third book, um, specifically, was titled Attract, Retain and Grow. This is the Kenny Bites book. Uh, attract, attract, retain and grow your people to grow your business. And for me, in a nutshell, that, is, that, is, that says it all. Getting your recruitment right, right can transform any business, but getting it wrong can be very damaging and can close close businesses. And most businesses, you know, I, I would regard are not businesses if they don't have people within them. You know, it's a sole trader operation. It's yeah, it's an entity, but unless you're a unless you're a business that has people in it, you're you're not going to be in a position where you can you know grow that business. Uh, you know, we're you know not you know we can't do everything ourselves. We need people around, and we need to be able to recruit the right people. Um, we need to be able to retain them. We need to be able to grow them. And in my uh, writing for, I mean, apart from the books that, that I do for the magazine, is predominantly about people. It's about skills. It's about training. So, um, yeah, I think I've done uh, six so far, uh, six articles, had, a, you know, really good, fantastic feedback. Uh, I spend probably a bit more time on the the titles to try and make them catchy, but also at the, t- at the same time for the titles to reflect the key message. Every article, even the book, really has four or five key messages. And for me, you know, I need to get the title to really uh, tell the the reader what what the message is, and also potentially you know highlight the uh, the key theme so i think one of the ones that are, that has had you know got got a lot of traction is that every problem in business is a people problem and you know whether it's uh, lack of customers capital culture finance marketing sales it all that boils down to a people issue a people problem and for you to resolve that issue uh, you've got to understand the people thing behind it they you know what the people aspect of it is and at the same time i say well actually in the article if every problem in your business is a people problem but at the same time your solution needs to be a people solution as well which to my mind makes sense so whether it's it's employed uh, contractors or consultants or getting the right people getting them on the bus putting them on the right seats yeah it's that and uh one of the guys that I mentioned again, you know, in one of our previous episodes, we spoke about an author that I follow. There's another author I'm a big supporter of and big fan of is a chap called Jim Collins. And uh, I read one of his books many, many years ago. And since then, I've, I'm sort of, I subscribe to the website. And that book, uh, well, one of the books uh, uh, is Good to Great. And he talks about if you're looking to do any anything in a business, you need to look at the person first, first who, and then then what. So you can understand people is it's a very important part of any business. And I don't think any if you're talking about the economy, if you're talking about anything, you can't take people out of the equation. I mean, you, I think I'm right in saying that. Didn't I see you in a a, a, a panel with, with with Jim Collins? Is that is that the same chap? Am I thinking of the right same? No, no, no. I mean, Jim, Jim Collins is the megastar in in the world, but uh, uh, I am on some panels, and, and I, I do. I mean, I'm lucky enough to to be able to uh, 
uh, speak on this uh, on this topic. But uh, you know, Jim Jim Collins is a mega 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 star in this world, and uh, my inspiration is probably to just to just at this moment, I'm just to soak up the energy and, and see him live and and see the activity as opposed to. Uh, possibly sitting on a panel with him or sharing a panel on the stage with him. But uh, this topic, we have spoken about people, recruitment before, but you've got to think there's podcasts, thousands of them, thousands of them that talk about recruitment and all they do is talk about people or recruitment. How many books are there that just specifically focus on recruitment? So it is an important topic. And I, th- and I think, you know, a lot of the time we're just touching the surface in some aspects of it and, and it's a continuous conversation. I mean, it is a complicated issue, isn't it? Because it's, and perhaps we can talk a little bit about this, because actually recruiting the, the person who perhaps is best qualified and with the most experience isn't always the best for the team, is it? You know, there have been a lot of examples, you know, in, in sport, for example, where people have, you know, had huge talent, but perhaps they haven't been considered to be, be be team players and, and maybe they've not been selected. Um, I mean, I'm sure they, they they can afford better lawyers than me, so I need to to be a little bit careful here. But I, it has been reported that one of the reasons why Sir Alec Ferguson let David Beckham leave the club was because that he was too big, you know, in the world of cricket, you know, going back in the day. So Jeffrey Boycott, tremendous cricketer, but a lot of people... There was a long, a fairly strong view that maybe he wasn't totally suited for, for leadership. So what's your take about that in terms of how you balance the, the, the qualities of a person uh, in terms of their, their ability to do the job and also their ability to fit in with, with other people in a team environment? I mean, there is a school of thought. and I'm a little bit on the fence on, on this one, uh, which is that a business shouldn't uh, necessarily rely on individual talent so much. So it goes something along the lines of don't hire A players because firstly, they become harder to scale. Secondly, it's more of a risk to the business because it's something that you can't control. So if the A player leaves or if there's an issue, then then there's an issue with your business. But at the same time, if that, if that, uh, you know, if the business does, you know, does hire the A player and, and yes, it can grow faster, but if there's any issues in terms of, you know, how the team functions, then there might be some issues in terms of culture and, and setting the scene. And sometimes so-called A players can have a disruptive effect on where the business is and the, the tone that's been set. So there, there is an element of uh, of a school of thought which says, you know, you can't duplicate the results of geniuses or these A players uh, across other team members. So when you one of your uh, managers say says, you know, I need another Kevin because Kevin is a genius and Kevin is somebody that I need, uh, then, you know, you're over-reliant on people and a business shouldn't be too dependent on a particular talent. You know, we 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 all talk about hiring the best and, and and recruiting the best, but it's getting that balance right. Of you know, if somebody is too big, could that damage the the organisation? Could that damage the uh, the culture? And so there, therefore, it's not about managing personalities. 
it's it's managing processes and systems. So there is that. So a lot of that then is people who are more about systems led, who are focused on systems. So as, you know, the example of you know McDonald's and so forth, where the heavy lifting is done by a system, a process. You define that system, you work that out. The SOPs, the standard operating procedures are crafted. And you have your methodology, you operate the methodology, you understand it, and you have the framework that works. And you let that do the work as opposed to individual genius talent or for allowing people to to do it their way. So, you know, there is, a, there is a school of thought. And I think, you know, we all talk about cloning people and so forth, but that school of thought is is fairly wide, particularly by people who are systems-led and, and, and so forth. So with most things, it's, it's, it's having that balance, really, and, and, and understanding the, the, the context. But the key thing is that business success is often defined by the people they recruit or are able to recruit. I mean, the other thing about people, of course, is that um, unlike machines, they're much less predictable in many respects. I mean, I'm not going to say he's rank because I've got a feeling, I don't know, I I, I might get the rank wrong, so I won't won't say, but Alan Brooke, who was one of the primary military leaders in the the Second World War, very much a a close advisor of Winston Churchill, once described Churchill as 50% genius and uh, apologies for the language, 50% bloody nuisance. And that's the issue with the people, isn't it? People are, they're, they're emotional beings. They're, you know, I think you did some recent broadcasting about people and you were talking about people not just as a huge asset to businesses, which they are, but also potentially as liabilities. I mean, just on that, you know, in terms of A players and that whole A player thinking, I mean, if if we can build our systems to cater for a player actions, and then you hire people uh, who you know who are talented in their own right. I mean, we're talking about you know you know we're not talking about not hiring talent or not hiring individuals you know who've got the knowledge or skills or behaviours. But you can you can have more consistency in the business. But in terms of being people, you know, being liabilities potentially, most problems in business can be put to people as well. There's a lot of people problems. There's many issues in terms of not finding the right people, not being able to retain them, not being able to satisfy their needs and so forth. I mean, people, you know, business owners often talk about can't get the stuff or can't get the right stuff. And at times it can be uh, retaining those stuff. So these are threads that are often leaders in, in talk about. And, and whenever I've been to a conference, whether it's CBI or you know, the local chamber, you'll always find a people theme. So it's not just about the the recruitment businesses and talking about people, but you will find anybody who talks about the economy, they'll always talk about people, they'll talk about wages, they'll talk about talent, talent management, uh, retention, these sort of words come in, and how a business can thrive, survive. And uh, a lot of the time it is about great people, uh, because, you know, great people make great businesses and great businesses create great teams. So everything is sort of connected, really. I mean, the thing is, isn't it, that there's an old saying that the Jesuits used to say, didn't they? They said they used to say, show me the boy at seven and I'll show you the man, which basically said that, you know, what people are like it tend to be formed at a fairly early age and, and doesn't change tremendously. And, of course, like most 
true. That That is a half-truth, isn't it? People do change and somebody, you know, you can recruit somebody who's got a particular style and personality and they're not necessarily the same person, you know, 10 years later. Just on that, I mean, we as a business, you know, we need some sort of uh, you know, understanding of where we are on the people issue. A little bit of clarity on the people agenda within our business. What conversations have happened? What documents are there? What's our processes? Do we have clearly defined processes to identify, retain, grow talent? Do we have personal development plans? Uh, do we do appraisals? These are sort of things that come in. Do we have competency frameworks in place? And do we measure satisfaction? Do we measure individual sort of performance levels? Do we have all of these in place? And a lot of that is really having an understanding of your whole people strategy, understanding of your whole people thread within that business, really. You know, it, it's not just about recruiting people. It, it is about sort of retaining, inspiring them, growing them, developing them, understanding what you have. And if if we, and people often say, and businesses often say, you know, the people are our biggest talent. And if they're your biggest talent, you know, is there an element of really understanding what your, what your makeup is, what they can do? It's really getting into that really nitty gritty detail of, defining and, and understanding and really having a plan. I mean, everything is a little bit of a common sense, but it's just being able to put that together and executing it and connecting everything together. I'm going to throw something at you. No, not literally, but so, so take the tin hat off. Um, I want to talk about this business of, you know, recruitment is actually much more until the final stage is about elimination. You know, you, you basically get a lot of people apply for a job and you have to find some process by which you eliminate them. Um, I want to ask your opinion, Saf, about this business of bias. And I'm not talking about deliberate bias because I think a lot of bias is, is unconscious. But I, I, I've seen it suggested that if you really want to make a recruitment process fair, when people apply, they're given an, an independent body gives them a number rather than a name, because from a name you can almost certainly tell somebody's gender. You can almost certainly tell if somebody is from a particular ethnic background and the name might even give an indication of age and social status, that there shouldn't be a date of birth on any application in order to remove any risk of age discrimination. That's quite difficult when you're talking about experience, I suppose, but... No naming of schools on any application, colleges or universities, because, you know, if you've been to Eton College and Oxford or Cambridge, that in itself would give an indication of social status. And I'm just wondering that when you've gone through that process, it's even been suggested that when you conduct the interview, you should actually not interview the person face to face, but you should have the interview um, with the person in camera, in other words, not visible to the panel, because we're all influenced by things like appearance. You know, we might not think it, but we are. If we can see the person, we can see what gender they are, we can see what ethnicity they are, we can see what age they are. And finally, the suggestion has been made that the person doesn't actually answer the questions themselves they use some sort of voice synthesizer. If you if you can hear someone's voice, then you 
know what gender they are. You might well know what ethnicity they are. You might have a clue about their social status. So that's a process that, as far as humanly possible, removes those sort of potential areas of bias, be it conscious or unconscious bias. Is that just going a bit too far, or, or what do you think? There's a lot there. If you think about uh, CVs at this moment in time, you know, we very rarely now have date of birth on CVs. I think uh, there was a time where careers advisors used to say to you, put your date of birth on there. Uh, there was a time where you probably put your full address on there, your postcode and so forth. These things have been eliminated over a period of time. You know, if you've ever seen a CV from somebody outside the UK, I mean, I was looking at a CV from somebody from uh, South Asia and they had their photograph on there. They had their passport number was on there. They had their father's name on there. The father's profession was on there as well. The mother's name, the mother's profession. They had all of those details, uh, had siblings. So it's it's really about society and society norms. So, you know, these things change over a period of time. Our knowledge changes, our awareness of bias. Um, I think people are talking about unconscious bias and they're talking about bias as well. There's more discussions on that. And the people who are leading the field are making changes uh, that are suitable, that are practical, that are fit for purpose. Um, and at the end of the day, it's a, it's a process, as you said, you know, you know, it can be a process of elimination, but it is ultimately a process of selecting the right people for your business to grow your business. So people are often attracted as well by people. Just as we've used the example before, where people buy from people, people are also are attracted to businesses now in terms of the person brand. Uh, the individuals that are working in the business as well as the employer brand. And what you find is that the employer has certain amount of values, their beliefs and so forth. And a lot of it is about transparency and it's about having the right information, the right data. And what you find is that the selection process can have an element of positive action as well. So it's really about curtailing that employment the law does does allow that. You know, you've got to look into context. I've, I've come across, as you said, you know, the use of artificial intelligence to uh, enable sort of hidden talent to be considered. That's a thought process. And I think there is there, there there are definitely different examples where some organizations are leading the way. And we have got many sort of people who are you know role models you know who we can learn from and i think it's about being aware most of this is about having that emotional savviness and understanding that and having somebody who's asking the right questions and what you find is uh you know if you're measuring if you're recording the right things you're able to take the positive action that you need and you're able to make make a difference without curtailing your uh, your chances of getting getting the right people, but what you find is that it's not just about getting the organisation, sort of getting getting the people into your organisation. It's not just about recruiting; it's about how you retain, and that a lot of that is then about culture. It's about you know understanding processes that are are there for people to grow, because one of the biggest biggest reasons why people leave is that they feel that there is no growth. For them as an individual, nobody's really given them the time to plan 
their career. And these are probably more bigger obstacles that organizations can look at and make a bigger difference in terms of retaining and growing people. So what would you say if I could offer you a piece of, of artificial intelligence software? Uh, and I've been actually doing a bit of work with a company that, that does this. And basically what it does is it goes into the marketplace, it looks at people who are in the, in the jobs market, looks at their experience, looks at a whole range of characteristics, eliminates issues such as gender, recognises the fact that some people, for example, women are more reluctant to say they can do things than, than a man. And basically, if you like, kind of objectively selects people, takes out the, the emotional and takes out the personal things, looks at people's history, uses algorithms to determine how likely they are to stay, how likely they are to be receptive to an offer of a job. I mean, is that a piece of uh, technology that you think you could use or do you think it's, um, it's just going a bit too far? I think uh, all of these things, is, it is about improving the performance and improving the chances of getting it right. And, you know, we know it's risky recruiting people. We know it is not only expensive, but the, the, the investment that you're putting in, the effort that you're putting in can be uh, huge uh, in terms of effort and it can be damaging to your company brand and uh, can be hugely disruptive if something goes wrong. And this is one of the reasons why, you know, people have said you know, higher, slow, but uh, fire, fire fast. And, you know, you, you know, sometimes when you, when you say that, people don't like talking about letting go of people. But the, the key there is hiring slow because you want to do it over a period of time and understanding. But if there's a way of fast tracking that, eliminating that, you know, we use, you know, in terms of marketing now, it, it's all science. It, you know, it's less about creativity it is more about uh, it is science and if science can be used in some element of recruitment if, if there's a yield there if there's a return there then then fine but what you find is that you know the jobs market or the the, the market out there isn't just about people who are looking for work in terms of employed you've got uh your sort of contractors out there you've got your you know people who are looking for freelance work we've got that market the interim market you know the gig uh, employment market and you've got teams of people who are providing services so you know when you're looking at you know your organization in terms of the need for talent the need for people it's not just about the, the concept of employing person and, and putting them in a position but all of these things come in but you know, it starts off with really trying to understand you know what are you looking to get you know what, what are you looking to get out of what will what does good look like so it's really being able to Go out there and, and look at all opportunities, really. That may be using recruitment agencies, that may be using you know, non-traditional type of recruitment methods. Um, it's you know not just about the people who are active in the job market. There's many situations where somebody might not be active, but they may be interested. So all of these things come into equation. And if you can filter through all of that um, and, and get to to a position where it helps you define your decision or you know, it helps you towards your decision, then I think it's a fantastic thing. We're running out of time. Before we actually do run out of time, and, and I'll take a yes or no answer or, or the nearest that, that you are prepared to do with that. 
Uh, I mean, perish the thought. Candidates don't always tell the truth and perish the thought even more. But employers don't always tell the truth when they're explaining a job or the reason why the job have occurred and all the rest of it or, or the state of the company. Do lie detectors have a role to play in recruitment? I don't, I don't know, Adrian. I mean, I, I mean, you've got to be honest. I mean, you've got to adhere to your values, and and you know, if you if you're not honest about the role with your with your candidate, then I think you're going to struggle. At the same time, you know, keep an open mind in terms of what people can bring to the table, and it's really trying to eliminate. The, the negativity in terms of recruitment, the bad, you know, the, the the bad press. I mean, we've all heard about, you know, these stories where, you know, when things go wrong and so forth. But all of these things that you're talking about in terms of, you know, lie detectors and AI is the reason why we're talking about them is that we understand that getting the right people is absolutely important for an organization. And not only that, being, being in a position where you have the strategy in place to develop and grow those people. Absolutely vital. We, we look forward to to reading more of your thoughts about this. There are already articles out there, and we've talked about the business influencer. There's also the likelihood of a book, and who knows by the time this somebody's listening to this, that book might be available in the Canny Bites series. We're going to curtail our Canny conversation with a cause now, and we're going to ask people to, if they would like to subscribe to future podcasts, if they'd like to like us or to let us have any comment or feedback that would be gratefully received so until then bye for now thanks for listening to this canny conversation with a cause these conversations are based upon the canny bites books by safra zali available on amazon to find out more go online and visit saf's website pathwaygroup.co.uk or join him on social media he can be contacted at safras at pathwaygroup.co.uk This is a 1386 audio production.